Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. James chapter 3, let's get your Bibles out. How many are ready to receive from the Lord? Come on. Isn't God good? Well, it says in James chapter 3, now you're going to hear stuff that you heard before, but please don't tune me out because I have new revelation for you. Because if we want to reign in life, if we want to mature in life, I'm going to just say it right now before I start preaching. If we don't get this right in this chapter, if we don't get this right, I'm going to say something controversial, but I'm going to back it up by scripture in a minute. We will not be able to control any other part of our life if we don't control our tongue. Now, you, now, now, don't tune me out. Go, well, I don't know that. Just listen to Scripture. Are you ready? Here it goes. J- James chapter 3, verse 1 through 12. I'm going to read it in the NLT. All right? If you're there, say amen. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. Let me pause and say that. That's not a fear scripture. It's actually a prelude to what he's about to say next about the power of your words. He says if we don't have a disciplined tongue, then what we teach could be able to bless people, but also could damage people. How many know that? So he's not discrediting teachers. He's not trying to, to discourage people that have callings and teachings. But he said that to preface what I'm about to read next, which is this. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could, con- what? L- listen to this, I'm going to run around the church. If we could control our tongues, we would be perfect, now I want you to read this slowly, and could also control ourselves in every other way. Got silent up in here. We could control ourselves in every other way if we control our tongue. It doesn't make sense. Look at verse 3. We can make a large horse go wherever we want to by means of a small bit in its mouth. A small rooter makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Verse 5. Bam. Okay, then I read even though the, okay, there it is. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing. Everybody say small. Come on, say small. It's a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark could set a great forest on fire. And the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. And that's not the fire of God, that, you know, that you're talking about. It's setting your life on fire, and it's set on fire by hell itself. This may not be a good shouting message. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, fish. I want you to hear me, church. But no one can tame the tongue. Yet it is possible through the Holy Spirit. He's giving a metaphor here. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? And sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Do you know when we're speaking bad about people, you're actually speaking bad about God's bride and those he's made in his image? Let the fear of God sink in that in you. When you're yelling at your husband, when you're yelling at your wife, you're actually yelling in God's bride. I remember years ago the Lord says, you better be careful how you talk to that person. They're still part of my bride. And that person needed, needed correction. But the Lord gently said, be careful, they're still my bride. And so blessing and cursing comes, I'm almost done, pouring out of the same mouth, my brothers and sisters, 
This is not right. Almost done. Does a spring of water bubble out from both fresh water and bitter waters? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grape produce fig trees? No. And no, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Now look up at me. This area that of, of growth and maturity is probably the number one Goliath that all of us faith. Yeah, we have a lot of Goliath. But probably I would dare to say that the, uh, the biggest Goliath that all of us on a day-to-day basis struggle with is in the area of our speech. It's in the area of what comes out of our mouth, either in frustration, either in anger. I'm not getting a lot of amens in here. Either, either, either in a lack of faith. I've been guilty. When we go through things, the main thing that comes out of our life is what our words are coming out. When, we, when pressure squeezes us, guess what comes out? The noise of our mouth, the noise of our tongue. So when pressure hits, the first sign of what is going on inside of you, help me now preach, is what comes out of your mouth. One of the biggest Goliaths that we have is this little member in our body called the tongue. Do you know that actually I heard physically? I heard physically years ago when I was doing some study, you know, someone said, what's the strongest muscle in the body? And I said, and I said the quadricep because it's four muscles. And they said no. And, you know, uh, um, physiologically and biologically, you would think that's the strongest muscle. It has all these fibers. It had four strong fibers going into it. And the doctor said, no, the tongue. The tongue is the strongest muscle because it can move in so many ways. And the, way, and the way that you shape your words, the muscle is constantly contracting and decontracting. So it's actually talking about physical. But in the spiritual, the biggest, the biggest weapon you have, watch this, and the biggest enemy you have is your tongue. I want you to put up the first slide up there. Look at this. Turning to the Lord with all of our heart involves... Turning to him in the area of our speech and our words. If you want to turn to the Lord with all of your heart, it's impossible. I'm going to say something that you may not agree with. It's impossible to turn to the Lord with all of your heart, if you're seeking to turn to the Lord with all of your heart, without turning to him in the area of your speech. If you just turn to him in the area of your holiness uh, from uh, addiction, or your holiness from overspending, or your, your holiness from uh, lust. That is great. But if you do all that, and you refrain from all that, and you don't control your tongue, you have not turned to him with all of your heart. Turning to him with all of your heart involves you and I disciplining and watching what comes out of our mouth. We know, and I'm not going to give you these scriptures that you've known for years. I'm just going to share, share them. But you know, life and death are in the power of the tongue. Right? The Bible says that. And you eat, and you eat the fruit of it. In other words, it has life. God created the world with words, and we actually create our world with words. Do you know that words have this substance on it that could create a positive atmosphere or a negative atmosphere? I want to share some things with you this morning that is pretty powerful because James says that the fire that is set by hell from, from the tongue 
Do you remember Peter one day when he was talking and he says, you are the Christ. He's speaking, he's speaking revelation. He's using his mouth to speak revelation. A couple verses later, he's speaking straight from hell. He's saying, no, you do not. And, and, and I'll tell you why is that. That's probably a little rough for you guys, but he was. He was speaking from the influence of darkness. Okay? Because about a couple of layers, verses later after he said, you, will, you are the Christ, he's Jesus started talking about his need for suffering and going to the cross. And Peter took Jesus aside. I, I recommend you do not do this. And he rebuked the Lord. <laughs> Could you imagine? Jesus, come here. I need to rebuke you for a second. Come here. He, rebu- he rebuked the Lord. And you know what the Lord did? If Pastor George did this, you would leave the church. He said, get behind me, Satan. <gasps> Pastor Jesus called me Satan? I'm never coming back to this church again. You know what he was doing? He was, seeing pa- he was seeing past what he was saying to the root of where it was coming from. He says, no, you know, you know, he goes, you're not mindful of the things of the spirit. You're mindful of the things of the flesh. I have to. I have to. Now, I'm not going to get ahead of myself, but there's power in what you're saying because um, I want to see, look at the next, uh, next slide up so you guys could take some notes. The next slide is, listen, when this area of our speech comes, you could take a, a snapshot of this, comes under the control of the Holy Spirit. Come on, let me pause and say this. Can I just be real with you guys? What are most arguments birthed out of? Your speech. It's, it's not just a look that causes all this fiery arguments. It's, it, it, when you have fiery arguments, it involves tone. It involves your mouth. It involves misunderstanding. It involves you trying to prove one to another, and you're fighting, and they're fighting, and it's all coming out of your mouth, and it's deadly poisons. And I'll say this now, but I'm going to back to it later. You're releasing things into the atmosphere every time you open your mouth, positive or negative. Into your marriage, into your life. Some of you are self-fulfilling prophecies of what you've been speaking of. Now look, look, look. When this area of our speech comes under the control of the Holy Spirit, then every single part of your life will come under the control of the Holy Spirit. I said that boldly because I knew I would get a reaction. You say, Pastor George, come on now. That's not serious. Every single part, no, it's not going to come automatically. But watch this. Think of it as a, the strongest muscle, because it is, that you have been able to discipline. Once you discipline the strongest muscle and you're able to do that, all the weaker muscles will be easier to discipline. Can I hear an amen? Because you already tamed the strong muscle. You already dealt with the strongest muscle. Now, why do I say that? Look at that scripture again in James chapter 3, verse 2. Are you ready for this? I'm going to prove that statement that I just said. Indeed, we all make many mistakes, for if we could control our tongues... We could be perfect and could also control, see, it doesn't come automatically. We can also control ourselves in every other area. Let me, that is mind-blowing. Wait a minute, are you saying that if I get this discipline right, because there's a lot going on inside of you to be able to stop what's come from what's coming in here to get it out of here. Listen, there's a lot of times when there's things in here that come right out of here, and it shouldn't have not come out of here. That muscle, that <laughs> the spiritual muscle that stops, that stops that thing from coming out your mouth is called self-control. And guess what? It's part of the fruit of the Spirit. It's called character. What are the fruit of the Spirit? Love, joy, 
peace. Come on, talk to me. Patience, goodness, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And if you read that scripture, it says, without which there is no law. If we got self-control, now self-control is not just on a self-control against pornography. It's also self-control against overeating. It's also self-control against your emotionalism that you extend yourself to. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit, but guess what? That's what we need to control our tongue. The Bible, the Bible says it's clear. He says, be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. Be to hear, but the church has the opposite. We're slow to hear and quick to speak. Why? What happens when we speak, even though we repent of it, because there's many of us that have said something and then we repented, and God does, does forgive you, but here's the problem and here's the challenge. Once you release something out your mouth, you can never take that back. You can ask for forgiveness, and there can be healing. But that word, watch this, we are created. I'm going to preach for a second. Do you mind? We're, we're created in the image of God. Don't you agree? So if God says, whatever comes out my mouth, it will accomplish what it says and it will not return void to me. So it will be when you release something out your mouth, it will not return void. It will, it will seek to accomplish what you've said. So if you're always saying negative things about you, it will seek to manifest into negativity. If, you, if you're speaking life into a situation, even when all hell is breaking loose, eventually life will start living in that atmosphere. Do you realize what I'm saying here? The tongue, our mouth, our speech. Now, wa now watch this. Here's where I'm going to get a little deeper here. It's because what happens when we are not in our self-control, we get to a place where our words become self-fulfilling prophecies. I want to say something so powerful. Our words have creative ability inside of them, either to create darkness or to create life. God, I, I think about this all the time. God could have said, he, got, he could have picked up some weird substance. He could have picked up some substance that he already had in his, uh, before he created everything, and he could have molded it, and he, said, and he could have said, this is creation. Every, if you look at Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2, Everything that was created, he didn't shape with his hands other than at the end when he, went, he took the, the dust and he blew. But even that was already on the earth. You know what he did? He spoke it. He said, let there be light. And light happened. He said, let there be a firmament. Firmament happened. Let there be all creeping animals. He spoke it. He spoke it. Now, in times of testing, that's when we get in trouble because when we are speaking stuff, we don't realize that we're going through stuff. We're speaking self-fulfilling prophecies over our lives. We're, we have, words have the ability to have a prophecy effect over your life. That's why we have to be careful what we receive and what we believe from others because if we receive every negative statement from others, hear me now real slowly, we will slowly begin to become the very words that were spoken over our life if we don't know the word of God. I'll give you an example. You remember, you remember, uh, you remember Jacob? Who remembers Jacob in the Bible? Right? Who remembers Jacob? Right? How many of you know, uh, some of you guys have been around in the Lord for a long time. Jacob in the Bible means supplanter. And that word supplanter means deceiver or a con or a trickster, right? Like a trickster. He, he tricked me. And the reason why, watch this. Are, are you ready for this revelation? Are you ready for this? 
He was named after something he did uh, when he came up from the womb, and that name became a self-fulfilling prophecy of his deceptive ways. So watch. So when he was with, when Isaac was with Rebekah and she gave birth, the e- Esau came out first. If you remember, Esau came out first. And as Esau's coming out of the womb, I know this sounds really weird, but the Bible says that Jacob grabbed the heel of Esau. Now Esau was still considered the firstborn, but he still grabbed his heel. Now when the parents saw this, hear me now parents, this is a revelation for you because we name things when we see things. When we see something, we name something. They, the Bible says when they saw that, they said, we will, call them, we will call him Jacob. In other words, a supplanter, a aha. Look at this. There's another verse that said, aha, I got you. In other words, a trickster, a deceiver. So guess what happened? They named, everybody say named. They named him Jacob in innocence. But the name, could you imagine calling, your, calling it your son deceiver? Come here, deceiver. Come here. The deceiver seat though. Come here, come here, come here, con. Come here, come here, con. Oh, you, you ugly one. Come here, ugly. Come here, ugly. Come here, ugly. We laugh, but the, we say that to, to people. Watch this. Watch this. So Jacob grew up. The deceiver that was named by his parents as a deceiver grew up, and guess what happened? He had this deceptive type of prophetic knowledge. So pr- prophetic um, reality. The word spoken over his life became a self-fulfilling prophecy in his life. One day, since he's the second born, the, the first born got the blessing. So one day, Esau was going out to hunt, and Esau was, you know, Esau was a hairy man. He's a hairy man. He's a warrior. Jacob was a mama's boy, just sat, you know, sat in the tents. He was a mama's boy, just sat in the tents and, and helped, helped cook pancakes or whatever they did. Falafel waffles, I don't know. <laughs> and so they were in the tents. And, and, and so one day Esau's coming out, and he's, and he's really hungry because he's coming out from, from, this, from, from, get, from killing the animal and stuff. And he's just, the Bible says he's about to die. Man, that's a lot of hunger. He was like, I'm about to die of hunger. And so good old Jacob, he was, he was a cook. You know, he knew how to cook. So he's, he goes, hey, listen, Jacob goes, I mean, uh, Esau goes, hey, I'm hungry. Can you give me something to eat? Most brothers would be like, yeah, dog, I got you. <laughs> Not Jacob. He was deceiving his brother. Jacob said, I'll, g- I'll give you something to eat. I know you're about to, he's about to die. He's like, I won't give you something to eat. Just give me your, fir- your birthright first. And, J- and Esau's like, I don't care about my birthright. I'm about to die. He's like, just swear to me that you're going to give me your birthright. What belongs to you, give it to me. Then I'll cook you the food. Esau goes, go ahead and do that. He tricked him. And then, not only that, it was a generational bondage of deception. It, I, 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 believe, I believe Rebecca was one of the top ones that were deceived because he heard, he heard that he was getting mad and, and all that stuff. He said that he was going to get the blessing because Isaac was about to die. I'm, I'm, I'm doing the story real quick so I can get to my point. So there's this generational thing of deception based on words spoken over the family. Rebecca said, hey, he's hairy. Go out there while he's out there, and we're going to kill some goats. What a crazy idea. And we're going to get this force, this, I mean, the skin of the goats. We're going to put it on your neck, and we're going to put it on your arm so you could appear hairy. Because Isaac at that time had not, had, had a, had not good vision. So he comes here, and he goes, here I am. And, you know, Isaac said, well, you know, it's the voice, it's the voice of, 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 uh, of Jacob, but let me feel you. He started feeling the goat skin, the goat hair. But, it's the, but it feels like 
like Esau. And also, he also wore Esau's clothes. He wore Esau's clothes. He was trying to be someone that he's not. The nature of deception followed him. And then, as you know, he got the blessing. Then he ran for his life because, because uh, Esau was trying to kill him. And then he went to his uncle Laban, who was the Khan, who conned the Khan. I mean, you all know Laban. I mean, Laban was the highest deceiver in the family. It was all over the family. Laban, Jacob said, look, I'll work seven years for, um, who's that girl? Rachel, the younger, the, Rachel, the younger one, and Leah was the older one, right? I worked seven years for, Ra- for, for Ra- uh, Rachel, thank you. And all of a sudden, he worked seven years, worked seven years, and when it was time to, consume, to consummate the marriage, Laban deceived him and switched places. He was kind of tipsy, you know? And he went, laid down, and he, when he woke up and he consummated the marriage, it was with Leah and not, and not Rachel. And you know what Jacob said? He goes, you, literally, in the, in, the, in the NLT and in the in, in, uh, New King James Version, he goes, why did you do this? Watch this. Why did you trick me? I say all that to say this. We have got to be careful what you allow other people to speak in your life and what you speak to other people's lives because if you don't correct it and if you don't repent of it, it will become a self-fulfilling prophecy of whatever you spoke out your mouth to be. Jacob means deceiver, and he was deceiving people all of his life until he had an encounter with God. And he had an encounter with God, and God told him, what's your name? When God tells you something, he's not seeking because he doesn't know. He says, what's your name? God knew his name. He goes, I'm Jacob. In other words, I am what they say I am. I'm a deceiver. I can't help it. I deceive people. That's what they named me. He goes, you're not Jacob. Now, because you wrestled with God, you're Israel. You know what Israel means? Prince. You know what Israel means? Prince. Oh, can I preach for a second? Whatever you speak into will become a reality. If, you, if your child is rebellious, and even while your child is rebellious, and your son is rebellious, if you speak to the prince in him while he's rebellious, while he's going away, while he's prodigal, if you speak to the prince in him, the prince will eventually come up. Oh, come on, come on. The prince will eventually rise up. If your daughter is wayward and your daughter is not serving the Lord and she's being disobedient and she's doing all these things and she's being rebellious, while she's rebellious, if you speak to the princess in her, the princess will come out of her. Come on, somebody. How how about married folks? Listen, 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 uh, uh, wives, instead of complaining that your husband is not doing this and talking about him and and doing all this stuff and and, and accusing him, which he's probably doing all that stuff, he's probably messing up. But instead of speaking to the fool in him, speak to the king in him. And when you keep speaking to the king in him, the king in him will eventually manifest. Oh, come on. See, the problem is we're speaking to the wrong thing. We're speaking to him because of his actions. And if he's acting like a fool and you're speaking the things of the fool, then the fool is going to come out. Listen, whatever you speak will manifest. So if you speak to the fool in someone, the fool will rise up. If you, if you speak to the orphan in someone, that orphan mentality will rise up. But if you speak to the purpose in somebody, if you speak to the destiny in somebody, if you speak to... It got quiet in here because, because husbands and wife 
are not liking this. Listen, I'm not just harping on the women. I'm harping on the guys. Guys, if you want your, listen, if you want your wife to be a godly wife, even while she's not paying you attention, and even if she's not giving you any affection, speak to the queen in her. Speak to the queen in her. The, the more you speak the queen and her while they're all messed up and while they're all not laughing, wanting you, and while they're all cursing you all, you, you keep speaking to the queen and her, and the queen will eventually come out. And it's biblical. Because Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were slave names. Hello? We're pagan names, but yet we say that. But that's not the real name. I don't even know. <laughs> and I'm not, uh, uh, had an eye, Mishkel, something like that. But here's my point. We're so used to being named, uh-oh, are you ready? By our slave name, our spiritual slave name, our addiction slave name. And you are not the byproduct of your struggles. You're not a byproduct of your, of your addiction. You are not the addicted one. You are not the broken one. You're not the poverty one. You're a child of God. But my point is this. I'm going to say this lovingly. And I'm, and I'm telling you, all of us are growing into it, including me. The first step to heal any relationship, please hear me what I'm about to say. The first step to heal a marriage, the first step to heal a relationship is in the area of your words. Change your words. Even if somebody is saying something in sincerity, if it's not lining up with truth, God is not receiving that. Even if you do something in self-pity, there's some things, people that have done stuff in self-pity, they're like, well, you know, you know, God will never use me. And they say it in humility, and God says, I don't agree with what you're saying, even in your humility. Even in your humility, I don't agree because it doesn't line up with my word. Guys, it's time to change our tongue. But here's the big problem here. Everybody say there's a big problem. The tongue only reveals what's inside of your heart. Now I won't get deep. What's all, the, all that I said right now up until this point only reveals what's warring inside of your heart. Remember what James says we're doing a study in the book of James. In the next chapter, in chapter 4, if you read it, you could go ahead and read it ahead of time. It says, where are all the wars and, and fights that are among you? Don't you know that they're coming from within your members? It's coming from inside of you. The real war is inside of you. So the tongue and the confession and the words are revealing the condition of your heart in this moment. Either it's faith-filled or it's filled with doubt. If it's filled with doubt, that means some area in your life has been hurt, watch this, or hardened. Without raising hands, because I don't want to embarrass anybody, if you could agree with me, maybe you could wink at me. Because <laughs> you don't want, like, husbands or wives to be like, stop saying that. If you could be honest with yourself, the most hurtful times in your relationship has had to do with words. Can I drop the mic? Can I drop it? The most, the most hurtful times, I'm going to give you a big revelation in a second that's going to make you all like, I'm going to give you a revelation in just a moment. The most hurtful times in any relationship, whether it's a friendship, where it, whether it's a uh, people leaving the church because they're offended, or in a marriage, it has to do with something that was said. Or something that was not said, and you were hoping that they would say it, something good. And as much as our tongue is used for bad, 
It could be used for healing. Now watch this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you shout. Ready? You ready to shout? I looked up the word nitroglycerin because I read a book by Jensen Franklin. How many of you know who Jensen Franklin is? He read a book called Love Like You've Never Been Hurt. I recommend that book. He said something that I was running around my house. Not literally, but in my head I was. <laughs> Do you know what the definition of nitroglycerin is? Because we think nitroglycerin is just as, right? Put that up there, Zach. Nitroglycerin in the dictionary, I looked it up myself, is a substance used as an explosive to blow up bridges or a substance to heal hearts. You say, no, that's not true. Yes, if you look at the substance of nitroglycerin, it is a substance used to blow up bridges, but it's also used as a, a, an instrument to widen blood vessels. When someone has a heart problem, they give them a nitro pill. Why? Because a nitro pill has something inside the nitroglycerin that widens the blood vessels. So guess what? Our words are like nitroglycerin. It could heal hearts or burn bridges of relationships you look it up you look it up is a substance used as an explosive or a substance used to heal the same ooh, the same substance that blows up a bridge is the same substance that could heal a heart that's about to go into a heart attack you've heard the term don't burn bridges you know what that means? Don't burn bridges when it comes to relational things. Nitroglycerin, your words could blow up a relationship that was meant to be together, even a friendship, and you may never get that back like you used to. I want to say something right now. There's things that because of words, I don't have certain relationships in my life because either I said something or that other person said something to me. And even though we repented, it's not the same anymore. I wish in some cases in my life that I had those people in my life, but I don't have them anymore. Nitroglycerin. Mm-hmm. I know. See, the Holy Spirit's moving already. I, I know. I know. I know. Or your words could be used to heal hearts. Men relationships. Humbling yourself and actually heal the spiritual blood vessels that have been clotted. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. How many know that there's power in our words? The worship team could come up here. I'm going to share something. I'm going to say it on the screen because of time. And I want everyone to look real closely. Zach, put that, um, not, not, not the graphic up yet, but I'm, I'm going to save that to last. The slide that says the power of the tongue can be broken down in two main categories. In your speech and in your confession. Your everyday speech and your confession. Your confession is filled with doubt or faith. And your speech is your everyday speech your everyday speech. Now, because of time, I don't want to give you some of the scriptures, but you can write this down. The tongue reveals the heart. Matthew 15. Matthew 15. Jesus is talking about, about washing hands, not washing hands. And the, the Pharisees are like, why, are you, why aren't your, uh, your disciples washing hands? And he says, it's not what comes in the mouth that, that, that pollutes you or defiles you. He says, it's what comes out of your mouth that pollutes, washes you. Now wait, now we have a whole new different definition of the fear of the Lord when it comes to our mouth. Because all this time you're saying, well, 
it's affecting other people, but Jesus said it's affecting you. Wait, time out. So not only is it affecting you, do you know that there's a rat in a hose and that water passes through that dead rat? Before it gets outside, that water is still touching that dead rat on the inside. So what's coming out, it may be polluted when it gets to the person, but it was already polluted in the hose. So, there, so, so what happens is we actually, listen to this. This is powerful what I'm about to say. I don't, I don't have to have the gift of discernment or prophecy to know what's in your heart. And you say, well, Pastor George, the Bible says nobody knows what's in the heart, right? The Bible in, in, in Jeremiah says no one knows the heart. It's wicked among things, among all things. But you know what the Bible says? You could know a degree of the heart. All I have to do is line you up for 10 minutes and have an interview with you. And I can know what's in your heart to a degree. Because of those 10 minutes, you're slandering your pastor. You're slandering your friend. And I can't believe this about this. And I can't believe this about them. And they're always, and this church is always this way. And, and you're complaining and you're complaining. And you're complaining about your friend. You're complaining about your spouse. In, in, in love, most of the people would be like, yeah, 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 that's cool. Well, I'll be praying for you. But what happened is you just revealed your heart. You don't have to have a, a gift of discernment to know what's in other people's heart. Just let them speak for a little bit. Now, I'm going to say something that's very powerful, and I want you to I save the best for last. It's going to sting a little bit, but I'm here. Uh, let me just, look at me, look at me, look at me. When you go to the doctor and you have a tooth decay, the doctor has to put anesthesia in there. But he has to because the little pain that you feel for the anesthesia is going to cover the huge pain that you would normally feel if there was no anesthesia. Now, I'm going to tell you in the spirit realm, in the spirit realm, what happens when you release words in the spirit realm, okay? In the spirit realm, we know that Daniel was praying. I don't have to go to that. That's one of my favorite scriptures. And the angel prayed. He, came, he prayed for 21 days. And the angel came and says, I have come because of your words. His words released angelic activity. Your words could release the heavenly realm, the angelic realm, or the demonic realm. And that's one of the slides. Our words have the ability to loose the heavenly realm our lives or the realm of the demonic in our lives words now years ago I was going through something I saved the best for last I'm going to share something on the screen here I'm going to, I'm going to have uh, volunteers I need volunteers Let's get, I need PK I need Lewis and I need a harvest now um, let me just see Harvest, I want you to come up here. And I want you to pretend like there's a, that you're tied to a post, but your back is facing the, the, the congregation. So you're tied to a post with your hands, your hands spread out. Spread, yeah, yeah. Front. <laughs> okay. All right. Lewis, I want you to be right here. Yeah. All right. And so what you're going to do, you're going to have a whip in your hand. All right? You have a, you have a whip in your hand. PK, now watch this. I'm going to prove something. This is what happens in the spirit realm, all right? I want you to be up here. All right? Now, this is the power in the spirit realm. I'm going to first show you a scripture, and then I'm going to show you something else. Then I'm going to show you the illustration. Every time I want you to start, when I say go, I want you to start speaking negatively to him, all right? All right? And every time he speaks negatively, I want you to feel like you have this whip, the, the cat of nine tails, and whip his back, all right? Now, what is that in the Bible called? 
Come on, some of you guys know the Bible. What, is, what did they do to Jesus? Scourge. Everybody say scourge. Come on, someone say scourge. S-C-O-U-R-G-E. That means flogging, means whipping. And if you know, if you saw the Passion of the Christ, it's a little bit accurate. It had, his, his back was all mangled up. And I'm going to share something. So look at this. Years ago, I was going through something, and the Lord showed me to turn me to the book of Job. Look at the book of Job. I'm, I'm ending with this. The book of Job, chapter 5, verse 21. Look at this. Ready for this, guys? How many are getting something this morning? You shall be hidden from the scourge of the tongue. Wait, of the tongue. And you shall not be afraid of destruction when it comes. Wait. You shall, he said, you will hide me from the scourge. He had a revelation of the power of words. The, that word scourge in the Hebrew is the same meaning of the word scourge when they scourged Jesus with the, whoa, watch this, with the cat of nine tails. That every time there was bones on it and there was glass on it and there was all these type of things. And every time they whipped the back of Jesus, his blood was exposed until it was like hamburger meat. And you could see his tail and you can see I'm, not, I'm being graphic for a reason that was what scourging did in the spirit realm and in the emotional realm every time you speak something you are doing the same thing to the soul and to the heart as the scourging of Jesus' back every time you speak negatively you're scourging the soul with stripes that wound I want you to put that picture up there, Zach. I want you, everyone to see this picture. I want you to put this scripture, that picture up of Jesus' back. I want you to see this because we only see this in Easter. Or we only see it in, in, in a time where, where there's a special service. Look, I want you to look at that back. That's scourging. I want you to look at that. That's scourging. That's whipping. That's flogging. If you look up the word flogging, or scourging or whipping in the New Testament that's what they did to Jesus now watch this every time we speak fiery darts of hurtful words into our friendships into our ministries into our churches into our marriages into our friendship in the spirit realm and in the soul of the person that's what they're feeling in their soul so watch this. So it starts like this. And every time he whips you, Harvest, I want you to react. Go ahead. Loser. You ain't gonna make it, man. You ain't never gonna be nothing. You ain't nobody. Dude, you always trying to be somebody. You ain't never gonna be nobody. I know. You were born a loser. You gonna always be a loser. You never gonna mount to nothing, man. Never gonna get married. Now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Now let's do this to husband and wife. You you never pay attention to me. You're worthless. I should have never married you. You should have been like your sister. I want to watch this. I want a divorce. Bam. You can never take that back. You can repent. But those have if watch this. In your heart and in your soul, that's what's happening to you. Because Job said, You're hiding me from the scourge of the tongue and I feel the Holy Spirit here now so I'm going to end because I feel the Holy Spirit right now there's people in here that your soul feels like that 
because you have been part of words that's been spoken either by your husband, your wife, by your friends, by a pastor, by a leader, and you've been carrying this all your life. That, that's why you have a hard time with relationships because you haven't really been healed from the other one. And so, the, so you get your word, the words are, being, are, are hitting you, and some of you, you're realizing, man, that's me. I'm the one who's saying the words. So today I'm going to have two different calls. I want you to stand up today. I want you to stand up right now, every one of us in this room. And we're going to worship in just a little bit. We're going to worship in just a little bit. But I want you to be honest with yourself because I know the Holy Spirit's been speaking to you. I want you to look at that screen. I want you to keep it up there. Because we only look at that in Easter time. But Job said the scourge of the tongue, has to, he had to be hidden from it. Why? Because it hurt so much. So today, if you've been here and even recently or in the past, and you feel like you've never really dealt with it. You've been a victim of words being spoken over you and you felt like your soul had been slashed to so many pieces, broken promises. I believe there's grace here today that God wants to break that power over your life. Some of you, and I feel this from the spirit, I normally don't do this. Some of you are feeling like Jacob. Things have been spoken to you in your marriage, even maybe by your spouse, and you've actually become those things. Isn't it funny? Our spouse, those who are married, we say things that are bad to, our pe to, the, to the people, and then when they become the very thing that we said, we get angrier. Like, you're such an angry person, and then they get angrier because you spoke it. Part of it is because you spoke it. It doesn't mean that they don't have responsibility. I'm not saying that. But if you speak to the prince in the person, the prince will come out. If you speak to the king in the person, even while they're acting a fool, the king will eventually rise up. Close your eyes. There's healing today that God wants from those who've been scourged by words. And some of your closest relationships, some of you have not had closure in some areas. And there's some people that are no longer in your life. But you've been a victim of words which have caused such hurt. And, and you wonder why your current relationship, even maybe at your job or maybe at church, is, is hard. Because maybe there, there's never been that healing of those words. If you're here in this place where all eyes closed and you say, I, I can relate to this, especially what's on the screen. I believe that at some point in, in life, you know what, let me just pause and say this. Some, the Holy Spirit is dealing with some of you. I can just feel this. And you're resisting. I'm going to stop what I was saying because I'm, I just sensed the Holy Spirit said, let go, stop. Stop, stop thinking, well, I'm not going to do that because then everybody will see me. No, no. If you've been a victim of scourging by words and you feel like you haven't been healed, some of you have been victim of it and you felt you've been healed. But some of you, if you've been a victim of the scourging of the tongue and you want healing today, I want you to lift up your hands. I want you to lift up your hands. Come on. Come on. I know there's more. You don't want to be embarrassed. I get that. But what do you rather do? Not be embarrassed or be set free. Come on. If you want healing from words, because words bring rejection attached to it. It brings rejection. If that's you, in a, in a couple of seconds, I want, I'm going to invite you to come up for prayer. The second one is this, while your eyes are closed. Be true to yourself and God will be true to you. God will not bless the fake you. He'll bless the real you. Okay? 
Secondly, if you're in here and you say, you know what, at some point in my life I realize I've been the one who's been short in my mouth and I'm asking God to heal my heart in this area so that I could be more conscious of what comes out of my mouth. There's always grace. If that's you and you say, you know what, I need God to discipline my tongue and to heal my heart when it comes to this. That's, if that's you, lift up your hands. If that's you. I see those hands. So all those who lifted up their hands in any way, I want you to take a step of faith and come forward and meet me here. Come on. And, and Angelique is going to release a song to you. And right now, right now, there's no embarrassment. Because God wants to heal, listen, nitroglycerin in our words that have been used to burn bridges. But now he's going to use the words to heal hearts. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost. I feel the Holy Spirit. Come on, allow the Holy Spirit to just wash you. And li listen, and just in your own way say, Lord, here I am. I repent for words that I've received that were lies. Or I, I repent of words that I've said. Heal my heart. Come on, begin to pray right now. Come begin to pray right now. Let the Lord deal with you right now. Come on. you and God. I want you to repeat this after me in your own way, in your own heart. Say, Lord Jesus, today I renounce every word that I've received and that I've believed that's been spoken over my life that caused me to not be who you say I am. Today, I make a decision by faith that I renounce and cast off every word spoken over my life that is negative has brought hurt pain and bondage today I repent for believing those lies but now I receive your identity in me I receive your word for me I receive your will for me take my heart as messed up as it is and in the condition that it is and heal me heal my heart come on just right now just do that in your own way heal my even those who are sit, sit, standing in the congregation just say it. Lord heal my heart 
Heal my marriage. Heal, heal, heal what comes out of my mouth. Help me to use self-control. And lastly, if you're here and you say, you know, I've been one that has been quick with anger and quick with my tongue because of some issues I've had, maybe in my past relationships or just rejection, and you feel like you've caused pain to others. You know, you know what prayer, the prayer that Jabez prayed? He prayed that the Lord will expand his, his territory, that God will bless him, that the hand of God would be upon him, and that he would not cause pain. And you know what the Bible says? And God heard his prayer. So if you're here today and you say, you know what? I, I admit I've been loose with my tongue in anger. Let's, let's get that right right now. We may not get, it's not automatic, but it's a start. So let's just pray right now. Father, I come before you. Help me to have self-control. I give you the areas of my life that is causing me to lash out. I realized I've loosed things into the atmosphere, things into my life, things into others that has caused damage and pain. I ask you to forgive me and release your grace. Bring healing in my heart. Bring healing in my relationships. Bring healing in my family. I declare today that healing in the area of what I say starts with me. Everyone hold hands before we dismiss, please. I feel the Holy Spirit here. How many, how many feel the Holy Spirit here? I feel the Holy Spirit just doing something deep. And you know, and you know me, I'm usually intense, but I just feel there's a sweet spirit wanting to heal. Pastor Keith. Those of you who prayed the prayer of words that had been spoken to you or over you that had caused you to live be beneath what God destined you to believe. God has set you free today. But you need to renew your mind. Because you have ungodly beliefs. You need to start to speak the things that God speaks over you to yourself. So each day after today, I want you to speak the things that God speaks over you. Make those declarations and you will renew your mind. Because if you don't, your mind is still going to think those old thoughts. And so God said, I have already done the work today. Right now, the work is done in the spirit. But he also says in Romans that we are to renew our mind with the washing of the water of the word. We are to renew our mind. So I want you daily to renew your mind. And if you were one of those who lashed out, I want you to renew your minds also. Daily, make this a daily part of your life is to daily look up the scriptures and speak the word. Make them your own words. Speak them over your life to renew your mind. Amen. And lastly is this. You are not the byproduct of the words. You have to believe that. You're no longer the byproduct of the words spoken over you. You're not. And here's what I, I'm going to leave you with this. Repentance nowadays has be, almost become like a curse word, but it's beautiful. So here's what I'm going to ask. If you want true healing, this is what's healed me. There's repentance of two ways. Are you ready? Privately repent, which you're doing it now, of, of receiving the lie and of acting out the words that have been spoken to you. 
and privately repenting of you being the cause of that fire that comes out of your mouth. You, repent first to God. Say, Lord, forgive me for, for, for causing injury to other people. But watch this. Are you ready for this? The next step is to go to the person. I know we don't like that. We just say, forgive me for speaking this way to you. Maybe gather people all around the table. There's one time I'm going to be very transparent with you. Time I was, I was going through stuff here as a, a, in the beginning of the church, going through a lot of frustrations, and I noticed that I was quick with my, with my mouth. I sat my kids down, I sat my, my wife down, and I sat down, and I said, forgive, Daddy. Forgive me. Because what's been coming out of my mouth has just been frustration. I'm asking you to forgive me. It's not been right. Humble yourself and go to your family and say, look, forgive me. Even if it's kids, forgive me, kids, for speaking out. Let me tell you what's going to happen. Revival is going to begin to happen in your heart. Revival is going to begin to happen in your, in your house when you see humility like that. And guess what? Then you'll be quicker next time around to catch it when it comes. Because, because your heart will be sensitive. Because you realize, uh, 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 I don't want to get back into that bondage. And when someone says something to you that is negative, you'll say, casting down every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ. And, and listen, when, you, when someone says something to you that's hurtful, that just shows you that they need healing. So don't receive it. Just say, they don't know what they're talking about. I don't receive that. I'm still blessed. And they're just cursing you out. And they're saying you're no good. That means you need to pray for that person because they're the ones who need healing. Amen. Father, we just thank you. Even those who are going to get baptized today, those who even feel on the spur of the moment that they need to be baptized today. Father, let them be obedient. Father, I pray that our congregation will be supportive, Lord God, but most importantly that we'll take this word and we'll run with it. That the tongue is a fire. And I hear the Lord saying, even some of the things that you confess about your own self needs to be thrown away. Not just other people. I, I hear the Lord saying that, that I, I, like, I hear this phrase, I'm no good. Like, I'm a, I'm a disappointment to you, God. No, you're not a disappointment to him. Don't speak over yourself that way. Amen? Speak life. You are a child of God. You are the righteousness of God. You're a son. You're a daughter. He does not make trash. So, Father, seal this word. Release it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, let's give the Lord a big hand of praise. We love you. Listen. Let those who are getting baptized, follow Pastor Keith. Let's all support the water baptism outside. God bless you. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.